Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm your first host, Nathan. I'm the second host, Evan. I'm the third host, Daniel. And we're recording this right after watching Tech Fall to Texas. Uh, Daniel, what are your initial thoughts from this game? You know, it wasn't great, but I don't think there's there's any need to panic because we were playing a very good opponent. Yeah, yeah. I think if you read our stuff, um, actually, let's go ahead and delete all that stuff in the website. Um, and don't go <laughs> listen to the preview podcast either. But, you know, I think that it, it all boiled down to us not being sure if Texas was the number 10 nation. And it turns out they are. I mean, we don't even know that, though, yet, right? I mean, they could be a number 50 team in the country and we're just number 220. Don't say Ooh. that. <laughs> But they showed that they could be, right? Yeah. My predictions, I was pretty heavy on Tech can win this game, but I was kind of making that assumption that, well, maybe Texas isn't as good as we think they are. Maybe they're just overblown, and it doesn't look like they are. For the most part, I think that really it was most of us expecting this to be, you know, Texas's normal first game of the season. They haven't started 1-0 in quite a few years, and so I think we were just all saying like, hey, they always play down to their opponent, and we really thought that that would give us an edge in this game. Yeah, and I think for me personally, I went a little bit into the second quarter. I went from, okay, Tech could win this game to, all right, well, let's look at the positives here because we're not going to win this game, you know? And and now last year we did come back 21 nothing against LSU to, to make it a game, so I still held out hope until, you know, really about halftime, I guess. I started looking for the positives, which there were some. Jamar being one of them, I think he looked better not as consistent as i would like him to look miss that wide open touchdown um to i believe cj powell in the first or second quarter but he ends the night with over 300 yards passing 34 for 51 two touchdowns and one interception so that's that's not terrible and you know tech moved the ball relatively well through the air i'm sure we'll talk about you know the whole other aspect of the offense here in a minute but there were some positive even though it was a blowout loss so yeah so i'm totally in agreement with both of you let's go ahead and answer the question that already feels kind of obvious did tech go and not die evan um yeah i mean no they 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 did not go and they also died that's you know i mean i I don't know what the hell was going on with bailey hale first of all we needed those points on those first couple drives i don't know this is probably too long of an answer but tech did not go and also died daniel yeah, I, I really got to agree with Evan. There was no point in the game where I ever thought we had a chance. Aside from near the beginning when I was like, you know, we can come back from it. But, you know, as the score just got farther and farther ahead, I, I just was losing hope. So I we did not go at all. Yeah, and I also agree. We did not go. We did die. Well, I am the per- kind of person who, when I watch a game, I always have that, well, wouldn't it be cool if we came back? And just kind of run through all the scenarios to kind of distract myself from the fact that we're losing by so much. Man, that might be kind of unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, there, it's one of several unhealthy tendencies that I have. It affected how I watched this game to an extent. Started looking for, wait, okay, let's do the math. How many points do we need here? Okay, if we get this drive, then we can do this. And yeah, no, they just, they, they died. Yeah. yeah. So I think... For me, you know, like I said before, there were positive, but it never felt like we were in this game. It didn't feel like we were competing in terms of like making a move to win. That the defense got no push up front until almost the end of the second half when we finally started dialing up some blitzes and getting in Ellinger's face. And I mean, he was.
was just sitting back throwing dime after dime. You know, they were doing short passes, medium pass, never really went over the top. It didn't feel like we were competing to win the game. It felt like we were just kind of there, even though there were positives. So that's one sure sign of tech not going and also dying is just that feeling of like, this isn't a a game, you know? Yeah, you know, the the only part of the game that really gave me any resemblance of hope really was honestly our screen game was was going really well tonight we were we were able to pick up a good chunk of our first downs that we we're actually able to get tonight from our screen game yeah, yeah. and on defense it was texas moving the ball at will kind of thing after that first drive every play was a bubble screen to a wide receiver yeah and you kind of think yeah. okay well now that we know that that's their game plan how do we adapt to that how do we defend the screen like you have a series while the offense has the ball where yeah diaco's in the press box but the defensive staff can start talking to the players figure out okay what do we need to do to defend this and throughout the game every now and then we were able to get a stop on one of them but it was a consistent five six yard play for them yeah i felt like we didn't adapt to that at all even in just the short game really it just always seemed like we never had a guy within 10 yards of the guy who was catching the ball because it was just a few yards in front of the line of scrimmage and it would always be a 10 yard game you know? yeah and we'd heard that diaco teaches a bend don't break kind of thing and so maybe that was the philosophy of just don't give up the big play which we didn't really i mean yeah it succeeded at that but it in the sense that they allowed 45 points it didn't really succeed at being a very good defense oh, no <laughs> yeah it's it's healthy to laugh after this right um yeah so let's go ahead <laughs> and move to the player of the game this can be either a tech player or a texas player if you're feeling oh i don't care about texas <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh, evan who's your player of the game uh i'm gonna go ahead and say griffin Bear because i had been paying particularly close attention to the wide receivers reporting from camp and from ben over at bleed tech blue and i was just chomping at the bit to see isaiah graham in action and then all of a sudden freaking cj Powell and griffin a bear like all over the field he caught a touchdown i'm not sure if it was his first touchdown as a tech player but that's pretty cool to get your first touchdown in such a big atmosphere so i'm gonna give it to uh griffin a wide receiver daniel what about you yeah I'll, I'll go again you know the uh just talking about tech here and i just gotta say sam ellinger the man had a great night and especially in the run game he was able to just run laps around us it's like we weren't really prepared for him to be able to scramble like he is able to so i gotta i gotta go with sam ellinger Hmm. here and for mine i've got to say connor taylor i was gonna pick him too yeah (laughs) every time the defense made a big play it felt like he was part of it either him him or amik and at this point we're just spoiled by amik but forcing the fumble having the presence of mind to jump on the fumble and then also blowing up the quarterback once or twice i think too just an amazing play from a player who wasn't someone who i remember the name of immediately Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you could also give give honorable mention to james jackson too he oh yeah he was one of the ones getting pressure there he stood up sam ellinger on like a third and three run and just dropped him you know short I mean, there's not many g5 safety slash linebackers who could just like drop sam ellinger when he's trying to pick up three three yards his play stood out too yeah so before we take a look at grambling we're going to take a real quick break Like we said earlier, we're recording this first segment immediately after the game. But before we take a look at the next opponent, it might be a good idea to sleep on it a little. So when we come back, we may have swapped out a host or two, but at least we'll be in a better headspace to preview the game against Crambling State. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Welcome to the part of the show where we tell you who's sponsoring today's show. We don't have a sponsor yet, partially because that would involve calling people, so we've decided to sponsor ourselves. Today's Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast is brought to you by Go Tech Please Don't Die. It makes sense if you don't think about it. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. We're now joined by Evan and Matt. Say hi. What up? Hey, Matt, creator of all the GTPDD, but the laziest member. Happy to be here. <laughs> but you're with us this time, so that's what's really important. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move forward to the preview of the next tech game against Grambling. I mean, this game, tech is favored to win by FPI at a 95% chance, and Massey gives tech a 97%. Um, Evan, what are your thoughts about this game? Um, Well, I, mean, I think it'll be nice to uh, you know see the team in a completely opposite scenario this time we're favored by about the amount texas favored against us and yeah nice to get under the lights at home and kind of see uh the guys in action against an inferior opponent so hopefully get <laughs> the season started off right uh, and we'll just forget about what happened um last saturday if college football has a week zero then we can just pretend it actually starts at week two um, <laughs> yeah grambling is not an awful program they're an fcs team of course but they're not a bottom of the barrel pushing division two or division three kind of program they had some mild success last year but yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this bounce back opportunity that we have here I think back to five years ago, and I remember when we were going up against another formidable uh, Big 12 opponent with much better players, in my opinion, at the time on the tech side uh, against Oklahoma, and uh, we were just pummeled. Uh, I mean, we didn't really give ourselves a, a chance. I know some of us around here, cough, cough, Nathan, thought we had a chance against Texas, but uh, <laughs> I knew it was going to be tough. I mean, just I knew athletically we would be outmatched, and usually that's what prevails. But like Evan said, it's <laughs> going up against inferior competition is always great after a really, really bad loss. I remember the year that we lost Oklahoma. I think the next game was against ULL. ULL, I remember. And I think we all remember that game. We had uh, our recruits were invited to watch the ULL team. And I think we ended up winning that game by four touchdowns. I think that uh, Grambling is no pushover though, like you guys are saying. I mean, 243 rushing yards. I mean, that's that's not small potatoes. I think that they uh, have really fast athletes on that side of the ball. I don't really know much about them defensively, but if we're going to win, we're going to have to stop the run and that 3-4 was not looking good last night guys yeah it's funny that you compare the team to the 2014 squad because yeah they opened up at oklahoma a big 12 school and then they had the bounce back game against ULL. but that's also the year that uh we dropped the fcs game to northwestern so hopefully <laughs> things don't go exactly that way <laughs> hey well the perfect storm there because the northwestern game was the first uh home game that season and wouldn't you know it uh yeah so i'm pretty much knocking on wood over here over and over again but speaking of your UL schools, though, uh, Grambling's first game this year was against ULM. They mm. lost 31-9, to scored zero points in the second half. Evan, you want to give a rundown of how that game went? Yeah, so they did. I mean, you would consider that probably a little bit of a blowout. I think by the end of the game, the starters were pulled and everything, but really, that doesn't tell the whole story. They actually played pretty well um, and just couldn't finish off drives, which sounds sort of familiar from mm-hmm. watching Tech last night. But yeah, offensively, they had 407 total yards. Like Matt said, 243 on the ground so they were very effective they were led by Keelan Elder on the ground who had about 
I think 80 something yards and he broke a 51 yarder late. And then they also had about 60 yards added from their quarterback. So it's interesting. We're going to be facing a mobile quarterback, which again, maybe not super inspiring from watching the game on Saturday. Um, Defensively though, they did not have as great a night. They allowed 501 yard ULM, which is not necessarily a good sign uh, for them going forward. This game was sort of a rushing slog. The ULM had 315 rushing yards compared to 186 passing so it'll be very interesting to see if tech can uh can get a running game going where they couldn't at all against texas so i think that looking at the rushing defense on the feels like a well if ulm can run on them anyone can i mean it's ulm they're not great but ulm's rushing attack last year really wasn't that bad according to sp plus ulm ranked 29th in the nation in rushing offense last year oh wow they've returned pretty much everybody so this isn't them giving up a lot of yards to a bad running attack this is them giving up a lot of yards to you know a pretty good running attack wow. but at the same time if tech isn't able to run the ball against grambling they're not going to be able run it against anybody right ulm ran 8.1 yards per carry last night that's insane (laughs) that's not bad at all Their lead running back averaged 17.3 yards per carry and had had a couple <laughs> carries of 39 and 50. So yeah, that's uh, 17.3 yards a carry on 10 carries. So that's right. a statistically significant number of carries. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also of note, one of Grambling's starting defensive backs who actually forced a fumble last night against ULM will miss the first half of our game because he was hit with targeting early in the third quarter. So he will be out for the first half against Tech. But you know, I'm trying to get an idea of what kind of offense that Grambling's running. I mean, I, I tried looking at that before I jumped on here. Does anybody happen to know their offensive philosophy? I mean, I don't even know ours. Are they run and shoot or what are they doing? Looking at the play-by-play from last night, I haven't had a chance to actually go back and watch the game yet. Mm-hmm. They started off passing pretty frequently. The first drive, seven passes in a rush before they missed a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and They didn't really get into this system of running the ball a lot until the second half, which is kind of interesting because once they go down 24-9 to and then 31-9, to you'd think you'd see more and more passing, but they were kind of mix the run more into the game plan there well if they reverse that against us i mean i'm not saying that we can't match up athletically with their guys on our front defensive line but if they come out running the ball and their coaches are intelligent enough to watch film on us that might <laughs> cause a little bit of a problem early on again i'm a real big believer in athletes versus athletes uh, their skill set versus ours if they can run the ball and we can't wrap up we might be in trouble early but if we can stuff it and establish a run game of our own we can just coast yeah even beyond how good the players are where they are on the field matters too as we saw against texas if we're, oh, we were giving them a lot of cushion on passing plays if we play off the line of scrimmage a lot on defense then that's a few extra yards per rush anyway and uh just something else i want to throw out there grambling has a handful of players on the all swag team at least the preseason all swag team and most of their guys that made that all swag defense as a matter of fact, two of which are on the first team. One is on the defensive line. That's Anthony Mullins and uh, Joseph McWilliams at DB. Of note, that fellow who is missing the first half is not on the season all swag team. <laughs> not to say he's not a good contributor, but uh, they do have apparently some excellent players in that defense. So you don't want to underestimate right. uh, who they have because we all we all know what happens when you underestimate. You lose to Northwestern yeah. while you're listening to Flow Progressive. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing from the game uh, against ULM. 
was that so they only scored nine points and that was a touchdown with a missed PAT and then a field goal. They also missed another field goal and then had a 56 yard drive and at like 25 yard line um, on downs and then an 86 yard drive that ended at four yard line on downs. So that's the potential of 17 extra points right there. They could have scored if they hit that field goal and finish off those other two drives with touchdowns. So, I mean, like I said, 407 total yards, pretty significant. So they're not a pushover like maybe want them to be but i think that like matt said when it's athletes it's athletes i think that tech's linebacker core specifically should be pretty good against the run against a team like grambling state but we'll have to see you know well another something else just to add here grambling has a first year offensive coordinator uh, mark orlando who has tons of coaching experience in the swag he comes from alabama state formerly coached at prairie view a&m so this guy has a lot of experience running offenses in the SWAC, but that just kind of leaves me scratching my head though, because I don't know if we can go back and look at old games from last year that Grambling uh, had, but it's kind of hard to tell what this new look offense is going to be like entirely. One sampling size isn't enough to kind of tell ourselves what they're going to do against us. But again, if they're smart, I think they're going to go run first and uh, pass second. And that may be a disastrous for us at first. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think a lot of teams, if the way to beat tech right now is to run the ball. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and move forward. So Evan, how do you think Tech can win this game? Well, look, I think I want to see improvement on what we were bad in against Texas, which is I want to see some pass rush. Uh, when we did blitz on Saturday night, we had some success in getting to Ellinger, getting in his face. Um, I want to see more of that. I want to see specifically the the four that we're bringing every down. I want to see them actually make an impact against the pass. And now we've been talking about how Grambling might come out and run. So obviously I'd like to see some improvement in terms of like open field tackling um, and that sort of thing. Tech can win this game really I think by establishing a ground we need to be two dimensional at least in our offense. The passing game worked well against Texas. As much as we may or may not like to admit it, Jamar had a pretty good night. He threw for over 300 yards but I want a ground game to go along with the passing game that will be successful against Graham. So uh, you know, I would love to see a couple guys get a bunch of carries and just bust big runs end up at 17.3 yards for carry you know that would be great to match what ulm did uh east um but i think that if the things that look bad against tech look good against grambling state we're gonna have a, a huge victory so i think that's kind of the key for me nathan what about you yeah i think that what we really need to do against scrambling is finish the drives we talk about jamar looked pretty well uh, against texas he went 34 for 51 with 331 yards but when you throw the ball 51 times you really expect to see more than two touchdowns on the board or at least have other touchdowns come from the running game or from somewhere else. To only score twice with 51 passing attempts is insane. Even beyond the missing the field goals, even if we hit both of those field goals and the score was 45 to 20 instead, it wouldn't feel any better. We need to get the ball into the end zone. And it's something that's always been an issue with Skip, has been settling for field goals or not going for it on fourth when everyone in the stadium is telling you to, including the visiting fans. <laughs> but this is something that, that Tech needs to do. Tech needs to score touchdowns. It's really as simple as that. Well, from my end, I mean, kind of touching on one Nathan just said a big trope in skip holtology, if you will, is a lot of screens to receivers and then throwing blocks downfield, which is almost as good as a handoff, if you will. I guess that kind of explains why Jamar's numbers, while he had 50 some odd uh, attempts, are so low. I agree with Evan, though. I think he had a pretty good game. His decision making, in my opinion, as of last year, he looked really elusive back there in the pocket. I don't think that that kind of pass rush is going to exist against Grambling. I don't think he's going to have to be praying for his life every time the ball is snapped to him. <laughs> 
I think that uh, the way they're going to win this game, guys, for me is simple. I mean, hand the ball off, you know, win it in the trenches. That's the easiest way that they can pick up a victory here. I mean, you're going to be at home, hopefully to a capacity crowd and not to <laughs> half a stadium filled with people. So they'll have the fans on their side. They establish the run game. Get Jamar rolling out of that pocket. I know Skip's not big on him running, but roll him out. Toss the ball up to some of your athletic wide receivers and just make something happen. But uh, you don't want to get caught having to revert to your backup plan when they're breathing down your neck or when they're ahead in the game. Uh, you don't want to start running the ball when you're down 14, when you're down 21. So come out the gate, establish a run game, do some rollouts if you have to, to get that field a little bit more wide open. And then defensively, again, we're back to the trenches. Stuff in there. I think that this could be a big win. Evan, how do you think Tech can lose this game? Well, I mean, we've already referenced the uh, 2014 debacle, so I think it would be very similar <laughs> to that. But just play an overall terrible game and turn the ball over in that game against Northwest State. Offhand, I think I remember four or five turnovers. I can add to that real quick. Sokol had three picks. Dixon had the fumble, which ultimately cost us the game. But yeah, that's yep. and those are just the ones I can remember. Yeah, yeah. So, so the turnovers could kill any momentum that we're building. So. You don't want to allow Grambling to hang around. They're going to be playing in front of a lot of their fans, too, because mm -hmm. Tech and Grambling are literally five minutes apart from each other. The game in ULM last weekend had somewhere over 28,000 people, which was the fourth biggest crowd in ULM history. And that ain't that's, all. That's awesome. That's not all Warhawk fans. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of Grambling fans there, I promise. So All two of ULM's fans did show up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've already talked about the pretty much ad nauseum at this point, but stop their running game, shut down their mobile quarterback. If we don't do those things and hold on to the ball, it's going to be a closer game than any of us would like. Um, and we we don't want that. So please tech. <laughs> Matt, I know you kind of went into your answer. What do you think? Uh, I'm having a PTSD moment where I'm thinking of sitting in my apartment in Macomb, Illinois, listening to the tech game and hearing uh, the announcer tell me that the demons won off a last second field goal. I definitely don't want to uh, revisit that. So I know I did touch on it, but yeah, it's going to come down to uh, whether or not tech can establish it and whether or not they can stop the run game. Because if they can't, Grambling's just going to run rampant. I mean, and that's going to open up play action for them. And I have not seen the game against uh, ULM and I attempted to watch highlights. Apparently that's not a high in demand game. <laughs> I wanted to see what kind of offense they were running. If there were any play action passes, there must've been though. I mean, unless they're doing QB draws because it sounds like their quarterback was fairly mobile. So to answer the question, if we don't stop their run and if we are unable to establish our, I think that we lose this game. Yeah, And I definitely agree with you, especially that second point. If we can't run the ball, then we can't win games like these. If Grambling's going to give us two or three yards per rush, even before contact or whatever, like they look like they were doing against ULM, then we have no business competing this year. Especially if we go up 14, 21 points against Grambling, if we can't run to close out the game, then we're always going to allow a situation where they can come back into it. That's how you put away games is with the ground game. Yeah, so Evan, you got some players to watch this week? Yeah, I think we've already pretty much touched on all of them. I mean, their quarterback, I think it's Jeremy Hickbottom. I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, but he appears to be a dual threat quarterback that can and will break out and run. So you got to watch out for that. And then their, their redshirt freshman running back, Keelan Elder, who won the starting job out of camp 
He only actually had six carries against ULM last week, but he made the most of those carries, putting up 82 yards, which is 13.1 yards per carry. So that's a little bit skewed because he did have that 51 yarder. So I guess 30 yards on five carries would be about six per rush. So that's still really good to watch him. And then the two guys Matt named on the defense, I think would be a great addition to that list. Yeah, that was uh, Anthony Mullins and uh, Joseph McWilliams. Those are first team preseason all swag guys. Having someone like that who can get in there break up plays and potentially disrupt our running game could be the crux to the whole outcome and as far as the those defensive backs go they have another preseason all swack member back there to williams who's a second teamer but nonetheless the fellow you mentioned earlier who's going to miss the first half it sounds like they have a pretty formidable uh, yeah. defensive backfield there uh some just some ball hawks so if we can't get the run started and you've got Jamar rolling out or if you've got him taking those shotgun snaps and he's looking for receivers and their defensive backs are able to jam our guys, that could be another way that we could uh, go down in this. But I'm still optimistic one-on-one with our athletes versus their athletes. I think Hardy and them are going to be able to break free and make some big plays. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's go ahead and we've kind of said how we think Tech can win and we think how Tech can lose. Let's go ahead and just give our final predictions there. Evan, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and be bold here and say that we will do the things we've been talking about we will establish a run game we'll stop their run game i'm saying specifically we're gonna have a lot of success through the air even though we're talking about some all conference guys in their defensive backfield i think jmar will continue the success he saw last week and continue to establish rapport with this new group of wide receivers but i also think that the running backs are going to have a great day i'm going to go ahead and say two running backs will go over 100 yards Israel Tucker and the freshman DeAndre Marcus who got into Texas game late. I'm predict he'll uh, rack up some yards there late in the game. So I'm saying Tech's going to win this game, pulling away 52-17. to 17. Yeah, you sound a bit more optimistic than I do. Um, <laughs> I don't. I definitely think Tech wins this game. I don't think this is a game that Tech will drop here, especially coming out of uh, the event that happened in Austin. <laughs> um, but I think Grambling puts the scare into Tech late in the game because of the running attack. If Tech isn't able to pick up first downs late in the game on the ground and force themselves into third and eights, third and sevens, those kinds of things. You'll have some three and outs. You'll have some situations where you're punting the ball and that's just more possessions for Grambling to possibly score on. So in total, I'm predicting Tech wins the game 31 to 14. Yeah, and I'm not going to be too far off the mark with uh, Nathan's uh, prediction there. I really don't <laughs> envision Tech just coming out guns a-blazing and pulling away quickly or even late in the game and you know skewing the score further in their favor. I really think that... Uh, this will be a lot closer uh, than that prediction there. But I, I have Tech 34-17. Uh, I think that they do some of the things that we're anticipating they do, establish a run game, get Jamar rolling out, the defense coming together and able to make some big stops. But I just don't think that all the uh, wounds from Texas, or rather all of the mistakes made against Texas, will have completely uh, dissipated. I think that you'll see some of that rear its head again, and I think this will be a closer game. Uh, that being said, I don't think Tech's going to have to pull away a fourth. Uh, I think that they might hit that 34 mark a lot sooner than Gramlin hits the 17. But nonetheless, I think that uh, you'll see some ups and downs, and this will be a closer game. Uh, some of us might 
think it will be. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Evan, you want to go and do a preview of this week's Go Tech Please Don't Die contest? Yeah, so this week we're we're going into the second week of the contest. We had 58 players last week, so hopefully everybody uh, gets in and does it again. The question that I like to discuss here is predict the total number of return yards, that's punt and kickoff, for all Tech players' game. So, Nathan, you got any insight for how you will be approaching this question? Yeah, so just like last week, look up how many return yards Tech got against Texas and against all the teams last year and try to do the same for Grambling. It's a little more difficult because FCS stats aren't as readily available and just kind of average those together. I don't really have that number for you right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think for me, this kind of question is a little bit different because like, you have to figure out how many times you think Grambling's going to score or how many times they're going to punt. And that to me is more of a gut feel thing than a stat driven thing. So normally I would look up the stats, but for something like this, where it's like, okay, well, I think Grambling's going to kick off once at the beginning of the half. And then I said they were going to score 17 points. So that's three more kickoffs. And then I think they're going to punt, let's say six times. I don't know. Then I might look up the average Mokaris had against Texas and maybe a couple games last year and try to get that into the picture. But again, I'm, I'm more of the mixture of the gut feel stats, but I may come up with a number like 184 or something like that because I feel like Grambling is going to punt a lot. Yeah, and it also makes sense to look back at that Texas game and Brady Hale really didn't, did you force any touchbacks? They were all kind of received outside the five yard line. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that really changes the number for kickoff return yardage. Yeah, well, this this is just tech players. So, oh, okay. um, yeah. Well, <laughs> never mind then. <laughs> um, and just to, as a reminder, the, the contest recap from last week will be up on the website in our Texas recap post, which was painful to write, but we wrote it anyway. So please go check that out. Quick shout out to uh, Carson scored 22 points, which is pretty much the highest I've ever seen 22 of 25. So shout out to him. And that concludes the contest preview slash recap, I guess. And going right from one Evan segment to another Evan segment. (laughs) You have a tweet of the week this week? Yeah, so um, I guess it's not really fair for us to talk crap on West Kentucky because we also lost in an embarrassing way. But there was a tweet from at Morrison crying. He might be a Kentucky fan, tweeted out a picture (laughs) of Big Red all like pixelated and, and just like looking creepy as hell. And said, Western Kentucky loses to Central Arkansas, FCS beats an FBS, and then all is lost. <laughs> I get and understand the all is lost moment of that tweet. Yeah, um, yes. And uh, we retweeted that already on Thursday night, but uh, I'll go ahead and send it out. Podcast is up a little uh, shout out as the CUSA tweet of the week. All right, that sounds good. So that brings us to the end of our first mid-season, I guess, podcast. As always, you can check out more of our content at gtpdd.dog or check us out on Twitter at gotechpleasedontdie. But I have to spell it for you because Twitter has character limits. It's at... (laughs) G-O-T-E-C-H-P-O-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And remember, go tech. Please don't die. Please Please don't. Please. Begging you.
I did not have it pulled up already, so let me go do that real quick. Your lack of professionalism is costing us everything. (laughs) (laughs) I will choose not to edit this out just to embarrass you. Oh, God. (laughs) 